Welcome to the Toy Rewind Podcast with your hosts, the Brothers Newland. Now, let's talk toys. Hello, everybody. I'm Michael. I'm John. And I'm Andrew, and you're listening to the Toy Rewind Podcast, a little podcast where the three of us get together and talk about toys from our childhoods um, or, you know, around that, you know, retro toy stuff. I, I think we've gone so far back at this point, it's not even our childhoods. It's past our parents' childhoods and, you know, even newer around stuff. So, yeah, maybe I should update that a little bit. I don't, I don't know. Um, this week, we are rewinding back to 1982, specifically August of 1982, according to John. And uh, we are going to talk about a entertainment system released by Coleco um, called ColecoVision. And I'm going to be nice to Michael, and I'm going to refer to it as Coleco and not Colco. Because um, <laughs> even, even though I know that drives him a little crazy, um, I think it's fun and I like to drive Michael crazy, but I'll, it's Coleco, so we know what it is. Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about the ColecoVision entertainment system. Kind of sounds fun. Fun, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we get into that, John, why don't you do your thing? Do my thing. Okay. Uh, oops. Uh, <laughs> you can check our websites over at toyrewindpodcast.com and over on crossthestreamsmedia.com. If you're on Cross the Streams Media, you can go down to the little microphone deal and leave us a voice message. Uh, we'd love to get one. Uh, you can email us at toyrewindpodcast at gmail.com. Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, or X, uh, and Twitch is all Toy Rewind Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Toy Rewind Podcast. Uh, as you're watching, too, you can leave messages on YouTube, and I know we've gotten a few. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then for a little call out for a few of Andrew's friends to see if they're listening to this one or watching this one as they do their stuff. Hi, uh, as he knows from work and stuff. So they'll catch on to that if they know, if they see it. Y'all can mess with Andrew all you want. We appreciate it. Uh, and then if you want to play a little uh, bingo game while you're listening to us or watching us, go to podcastbingo.com backslash toy rewind. Yep. Lots of fun. Um, and uh, before we really get into this, and John, thanks for going through all that. I do want to, I want to, I want to talk about today specifically um, and what you guys remember uh, back in the eighties and early nineties about what today is and how it all happens now, as opposed to how it happened then. So yesterday was Thanksgiving. We're yeah. recording today on black Friday and Black Friday these days is it's <laughs> not as crazy as it used to be. There's deals everywhere um, that started three months ago, and right. then will run until next Thanksgiving or whatever. Like I, I don't, I don't even understand how it works anymore. Um, it used to be you had to go to the store at like two a.m. Well, I guess at first it was like six, six a.m., and they kept pushing it up and pushing it up and pushing it up. I remember going when Adrian was smaller to Target at like 2 a.m. to get a, a 3DS, a Nintendo 3DS for him mm -hmm. for Christmas to get a really good deal on it. And it wasn't even that crazy then. There was a lot of people, but like I remember like 80s and 90s, like it was it was 
crazy crazy people fight and all that stuff you don't really see that much anymore um now but maybe it's just because out. the deals are everywhere now yeah they would they would get done eating dinner and they go camp out overnight just to get the deals the next morning or at midnight or whatever time the store would open yeah. so see, people had I, people had everything mapped out yeah. on which yeah. door to go to next after they they caught that yeah so but see, what I remember from the day after Thanksgiving was always this was the day that we'd get out there with dad, start putting the Christmas lights and everything. And oh, yeah, definitely. I, I've still yeah. never gone shopping on Black Friday and I don't plan on it. Megan did it once and it was crazy. She <laughs> swore she'd never do it again. But now you get all the deals online and everything as well. So it's you don't really have to yeah. leave your house to get them. And like Andrew said, they're I mean, spread out so much now. Yeah. Amazon started, um, if I rec- if I recall seeing the email right, it started on Monday. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. they're like Black Friday deals start now, and I'm like, it's not Black Friday yet. Like, come on, let's make it a little bit of fun just for Friday. You know, I don't know. But you know, yeah, like back in the day, it was always so crazy and everything, and I always thought that's how I was gonna, you know take care of Christmas every year on Black Friday because that's when all the good deals are. Now it's like, no, I don't even. I mean, yeah, we, you know, I can watch, you know, we're talking about all these toy lines and stuff we talked about. You, we go back and watch these videos and, and you see footage of people tearing down doors to get into Cabbage Patch kids and then Cabbage Patch dolls. And then, and then Tickle Me Elmo came out, you know, back, back, then, back in the 90s. And, and it was the all same right. thing. And they, they'd get in fistfights over those things. And it was, pulling boxes apart just to get whoever had it pulled the, the hardest would would grab take care of it, take it but yeah it's just it was just nuts back in the day on, on that stuff yeah yeah how is it um for you michael so you, you work at a grocery store you had to work yesterday morning i i recall yeah i saying. did i did work yesterday i haven't worked at thanksgiving in five six years uh and I worked several there after we started doing the Thanksgiving thing, but working on Thanksgiving. But then the last you know, six, five, six years, I haven't worked one. Uh, I did work yesterday, um, but we were we were open till two. We closed down at two o'clock. So uh, how, how crazy busy but, was it? Um, it was every year. It's a little bit more busier. And I think uh, some of that is some of the Walmart shoppers. Walmart's been closed the last couple of years. So they're shopping with us more often. Um, so it's it's not too far off. You know, just the from seven to two, it's not too far off from a a, a normal day sales on a, a full day. So a regular full day, oh, but it's it's nice. it's been and and it goes all the way up to about lunchtime, and then it kind of fizzles out. And then right before we close at two, there's people running in getting <laughs> some some oh, uh, last minute things, Cram- yeah, cranberry not, sauce. Yeah, it's always the cranberry, cranberry sauce, sauce, right? Forgot, forgot some rolls. Um, Did you forgot? You forgot should my just, beer, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so. you should beer. just put a a tower of cranberry sauce at your front door, so that people, yeah, get that. Because yeah. I I worked one Thanksgiving for Brookshire's when I was still there. It was the first time that they had opened for Thanksgiving, and I remember working it. And it was it was always the cranberry sauce and the rolls were the two things that everybody forgot. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. you can't forget those. Like, I don't like cranberry sauce, but still, don't forget it. Like, come <laughs> on, you know. Um, so, John, how, hey. how crazy is it for you for today? 
today it's a little bit. I mean, crazier. obviously uh, you're not working, but you know. No, but Black Friday in the restaurant in- industry, uh, people are running around getting stuff, and then once they you know lunchtime hits, that's like, oh, we've actually got to eat right before they go home from doing their stuff. So uh, it gets a little crazy sometimes. And it really depends on where you're located for all the shopping centers. All the so stores. I'm a, yeah. I'm a little bit further from the shopping centers here. Uh, so it's not as crazy. San Antonio, all the shopping, we had the shopping center right behind us. So we'd pick up a little bit. Um, I guess more of what we get is the because Home Depot is right behind us. So of course, all the dads going in there trying to get stuff and, you know, mom's getting stuff for the dads or whatever. So, but yeah, but it's, it's a little bit busier than a normal one. But like I said, if we were right there next to the shopping centers or all the, you know, mall or something, it'd be a little bit crazier, I think. Yeah. While you guys are dealing with uh, Thanksgiving sales and Black Friday stuff, I'm just dealing with six inches of snow here. So, you know, (laughs) lots of fun. Um, it's supposed to snow more this weekend, so we'll see. It's nice I had to show what, the driveway this John's morning. day is in the 60s or something. I don't even look yep, at this. 63 when I checked a while ago. That's, yeah. But I was out front. Like I said, I still do Christmas lights the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and that's what I've been doing this morning was putting up some lights and stuff. When y'all text saying we're fixing it on. Uh, but being in the sun and stuff, it gets a whole lot hotter. So, Oh, yeah, 21 there. Wow. 21 degrees here in, in <clears throat> Castle Rock. Um, and yes, it is officially the day that you can decorate the outside of your house. <laughs> now, I've got neighbors down here that have been up for weeks. Oh, no. I I have neighbors here that took down uh, Halloween and put Christmas up. I mean, it makes sense. You're already in the process of doing it. I get it. It makes sense. I think that's what they but did not, pretty much. It's not, like one down, one up. Not in our household. Like huh. you, the inside of the house, I don't care. Whatever. Outside of the house, Halloween comes down. Not until after Thanksgiving does Christmas go up. And then it snowed, so I can't put it up yet. I right. can't do it because I'm not getting my ladder out there. <laughs> well, I mean, Megan did our inside, like you, like you said. Uh, she did our inside because she had time prior to Thanksgiving. So she wanted to yeah. go ahead and get it done because she knew she had to work today. She wasn't going to be able to do stuff. The the inside of our house has slowly been getting decorated since Halloween came down. Slowly right. as it gone up. So, all right. Well, I just want to talk about Black Friday because it's Black Friday and it's toy stuff, and you know, it's kind of you know there. So mm-hmm. tradition kind of stuff. So uh, hand in hand. Um, yep, and I think it all works out. So uh, with that, if you guys are ready to talk about some ColecoVision, ready, Michael? Yeah, let's talk about it. All right. Let's rewind and get into it. <laughs> All right, so let's let's start. Okay, we're talking about ColecoVision this this, uh, this episode. So let's talk about a little bit into Coleco itself. Um, I know we've kind of hit and hit a few points to this company um, over over some other uh, episodes we've had, like like the Cabbage Patch dolls and stuff. That was a Coleco uh product as well um so we'll start out talking about uh the company itself coleco industries so coleco was founded in 1932 uh by maurice greenberg um as the connecticut leather company so if you wondered what coleco stood for connecticut leather company 
is I, I was actually wondering that earlier as I was thinking about it. Yeah. So it's it's like Nabisco is short for National Biscuit Company, if you didn't know that. So, uh, so know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they supplied leather and shoe supplies to sh- uh, shoe repairers um, in, in the Connecticut, Connecticut area. In 1938, the company began selling rubber footwear. And then during World War II, they started selling rubber shoe or rubber soles for the boots of soldiers um, to the government. Uh, and then by the end of the war, the company was larger and had expanded to, to new and used shoe machinery. Um, they had hat cleaning equipment, and they also had uh, marble uh, marble shoe shine stands around as well. So uh, some of those shoe shine stands back in the back in the olden days, uh, those were ran by by Coleco or the the Connecticut Leather Company. Um, so. That's it. And then they, they had some contracts with the government, with the, the shoes, uh, the soles for the boots of the, the soldiers for World War II. That's where a lot of their money came from to, to get going, even get bigger and bigger as they went. So, uh huh. Sorry. So, we're going to talk about an electronic system built by the same company that sold the boots for World War II. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Sorry. For some oh, yeah. reason, I had civil war in my head, and I was like, "That's a long time." <laughs> no, we're not Thomas. That's it's probably we're, because I'm in the middle of another podcast t- talking about civil war stuff. So, like, yeah, we're yeah, we're, we're hundred okay. years away from uh, that. So, okay, okay, okay so, so we're, we're fine. We're fine. I get it. I, I'm right. I'm good. So, that, like, sorry, so with all that extra money they had from from the government uh, selling these these rubber soles for boots uh, for soldiers, they they got bigger and better. And they added a few things to it. Um, so by the 1950s, the, the company had diversified further, uh, making leather lacings, like shoelaces and stuff, um, leather craft for uh, craft kits, um, that kind of where people can make their own leather goods or whatever. Um, and then that kind of led to into where they get into the toy part of things. Um, so in 1954, at the New York Toy Fair, their leather moccasin kit was selected as a child guidance prestige toy. Um, and the Connecticut leather company committed to the toy business. Uh, once they, they won that award, they said, Hey, we can get into uh, the kids stuff, you know, some toys and stuff like that. And, uh, and so that's the way they went. Uh, so 1956, uh, the, com- the company added uh, vacuum form uh, toy producing uh, that was a big thing back in the, the, the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, with that, um, they had a, a wide variety of plastic toys and wading pools. Uh, so in 1961, the leather and shoe supply portion of the company was sold, and the name was shortened to Coleco. Uh, 1963, Coleco acquired Kestel Corporation, which was a manufacturer of inflatable vinyl pools and toys. Which actually made them the biggest, comp- the largest company um, producer of swimming pools, above ground swimming pools, and stuff like that. So, uh, nineteen, uh, where are we at? Uh, not uh, the end of nineteen sixties. Coleco had added several other toy companies uh, to their lineup. They they bought some smaller companies, including Playtime Products and then Eagle Toys of Canada. Uh, in the nineteen seventies, Coleco had some. Um, financial dis- difficulties 
um, and saw the success of Atari and other video games. Uh, so they decided that's when they decided to throw their hat into the electronic game um, industry um, with uh, and, and actually doing that. It didn't make them any financially uh, better than what they thought, because because we've talked about when we talked to Atari and we talked about Nintendo, uh, we kind of mentioned the ups and downs of the, the video game industry at that time. So when it was starting to get started back in the, the 70s and, and the early 80s. Um, so, uh, so Coleco entered the video game market in 1976, uh, with their line of Telstar consoles. Um, these are little consoles you plug it, you hook up to computer, uh, hook up to your, uh, a TV. And they had a few little games like, like a tennis game and, and stuff like that. Just a little, uh, simple little games. Um, Pong, you know, was a big one back then. They, they did have their version of Pong like everybody else did. Um, so it was 14 different one of these uh, 14 different consoles of the Telstar console. Um, they all had a little bit different games in them. Um, see, uh, and then about that time, the, the market became oversaturated, um, the late 70s, early 80s. Um, so that caused some some more uh, if it's oversaturated, they're not selling as much. They're not making as much money. And that actually kind of almost made them go bankrupt on that. Uh, but they found success uh, through handheld electronic games. I know we've, we've mentioned that too. You know, gets the little small handheld games. Um, they uh, they they were actually top of the line on, on that. So they also were able to survive with the help of uh, miniaturized tabletop arcade games uh, that were licensed from Sega, Midway, Ballet, Nintendo, and you know, some of them others like that, because. Uh, you know, back in the the, the seven, late seventies, the the arcade games is what made it into. They wanted to make consoles of the games so you can play them at home instead of going to an arcade uh, to play these games. So that's kind of kind of what snowballed all this here. Um, so they they made miniature tabletop arcade games, uh, and that kind of kept them afloat, gave them some more. Um, income and stuff to, to keep on going. Um, but then uh, Coleco, uh, they actually wanted to get into the programmable home console market um, with arcade quality games. So they wanted a computer. They wanted to come up with their own computer uh, that would play video games. That's pretty much it. Not just a video game console, but they wanted like a home computer. Uh, so uh, the, the problem was uh, the cost it costs so much to to do a computer because all this all the technology they had was expensive and it just wasn't it wasn't fitting in their budget to do that so in 1979 they had specifications for a system uh, but like i said the technology was not cost effective until about 1981 uh, when the prices by then had dropped and the cost to make what they wanted fell within their cost margins uh, so they were able to to start looking and producing uh, what they wanted. Uh, so the working title of this this gaming system that they were coming up with uh, was called ColecoVision. Uh, and they ended up staying because some reason they couldn't come up with a better name. So they stuck with ColecoVision. So, I mean, it's not a bad name. No, no. I mean, it tells you what, what, yeah, it it's works. Clico, yeah. And it's, it's, it's up on the screen. So it's vision, Clico vision, might as well. Yeah. Uh, 
So Coleco saw that uh, arcade conversions had worked well for Atari, uh, so they approached Nintendo for potential access to their titles. Um, so Eric Bromley, which is the guy who led the engineering for ColecoVision, he actually had a series of meetings with uh, Nintendo president uh, Hiroshi Yama, Yamauchi uh, to negotiate uh, some of these these games to see if he can get some of these for their ColecoVision. Uh, Yamagachi, uh, Yama, Yama, Yamauchi, I don't know why I said gachi, uh, Yamauchi only offered obscure titles uh, that nobody really, it wasn't really big, nobody cared for some of these titles. Um, they were just a small, small games and stuff. Um, but, uh, uh, Bromley actually left one meeting and he, um, he happened when he was leaving, he happened to stumble across a, uh, the first, uh, Donkey Kong console or the cabinet. That's what they call them. The, the arcade game. Um, and Donkey Kong hadn't made it over here to North America yet. It was still Jap Japan and Japan only at the time. Um, so the next day they had another meeting and he said he requested to get the exclusive rights to, to bring Donkey Kong to North America. And uh, Yamauchi said, agreed to it only if Coleco could provide $200,000 at that time up front and then $2 per unit sold is, is what the agreement was. Uh, now they ended up seeing each other again and it wasn't written in paper written on, on paper or anything like that it was just a handshake deal well they ended up uh seeing each other again at the next year at the the toy fair and apparently he had also agreed to have the same thing with atari and somebody else and then um uh bromley actually had him write it in paper write it on, on write it in ink saying this is you're exclusive, so nobody else could do this. So um, it ended up being that Atari did get, uh, Atari and some of these others did get the rights to use the, uh, to use Donkey Kong, uh, but it was in other aspects and stuff like that. Uh, but if they did have the, uh, Coleco did have um, games made for Atari of Donkey Kong and some of these other companies as well, but they always made the game not as good as the ColecoVision. The ColecoVision was the top tier Donkey Kong game that you can get. So there was always yeah. something in there that that kept said, "Yeah, this is a game, but it's not as good as the ColecoVision of the game." So let's buy the ColecoVision. You know, um, so that's kind of how how they dealt with that situation too. Um, so uh, with that exclusive rights to Donkey Kong. Um, Coleco was released in August of 1982. Uh, Coleco, uh, Coleco had a, had sold more than 500,000 units by Christmas of that year. Uh, so between August and, and December, they sold over 500,000 units, um, and part on the strength of Donkey Kong as the bundled game. So, so that's $2 for every game though. Oh, two dollars for every game or every system? For every every Donkey Kong game, which was band every bundled Donkey with game. with which the, was bundled with, with every the console. Yeah, so if they sold five hundred thousand units within August and December, that's a that's a million dollars for right there for uh, uh, for Nintendo that they got off yeah. of Donkey Kong. And all they had to do was just hey, 
say, yeah, you can put our game with your console and we make, you do all the work. All we do is make a million dollars off of it. So not, not too bad, huh? Uh, so, uh, I remember. Okay. So the, the sales quickly passed a million by early 1983. So it did go pretty quick, uh, when it first came out. Um, this thing launched at $175 for the console. Um, the only other uh, competition it had at the time was the Atari 5200, which was about $100 more. It was like $275. And then the you also had the 2600, the Atari 2600, and Mattel's Intellivision. Wait, how um, much did you say it was? $175. $175. And that's, I mean, that ranks right up there with some of the systems these days. That's 560 bucks today. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I knew it was over 500. So that's about right. But the Atari 2600 was between a hundred dollars and 200, depending on what packaging you had, uh, the Atari 5200, which was more in line with the, the ColecoVision. It was 179. I mean, 279. It was a hundred dollars, over a hundred dollars more than the ColecoVision was. Um, so ColecoVision was was distributed by CBS Electronics outside of North America. Um, it was branded as the CBS ColecoVision, uh, and then being released, uh, it, it was released in Europe also in July of 1983 in Europe. So it was almost close to a year later by the time Europe started to see in this. Uh, Sega actually attempted a Japanese version, but it was actually retooled into the SG-1000 uh, before it got released. So they made some tweaks and made their own uh, console out of it than, than what originally was planned. Um, and then that SG-1000 actually paved the way for other Sega, uh, Sega Genesis, and Sega, a bunch of other stuff there so um ColecoVision was designed to add more hardware and accessories to the console in order to get more out of it uh these the hardware expansion modules and accessories were sold separately um when you're looking at the console itself uh you have a little tray up top that you have your your little controllers would sit in and they would have a little a little knob that you turn back and forth and it had a little keypad a numeric keypad on it. Um, those would sit inside there. And then to the right of that was a place where your cartridge would slip in. And then on the front, it had a, uh, a module thing where you can, you plug into your, you plug in the modules into it. Um, so the first expansion module was an, was actually an Atari 2600 expansion. So they're, they're trying to compete against Atari, but they figured uh, Atari has all these other cool games. Let's just make ours where it can be compatible. So you plug into this, and it was actually a reverse engineer Atari 2600 uh, that you would actually plug into this thing. And they uh, and actually they got kind of uh, a little bit in trouble with Atari because Atari didn't approve it. Uh, so uh, there was a little bit of uh, legal action going on. And... Uh, yeah, so the expansion pack that you would plug into that, you can put your Atari cassette uh, cartridges in there, 
and then your Atari um, um, joysticks would would plug in there, um, and then you could play your Atari games on there. Um, like I said, it prompted some legal action from Atari. Uh, they actually settled out of court with Coleco becoming licensed under Atari's patent. So they they actually kind of figured it out to where they can both coexist and and everything. So I guess Atari figured out, hey, we can sell more games if if we let them. Uh, yeah, do I was about this. to say so, you're still getting sales on games. Maybe you're not getting sales on your console, but you're still getting game sales. Yeah. So so Coleco said, well, we do this, we can get more people buying it because they can actually play their 2600 games on it yeah and then atari figured out hey we just let them do it and we can sell more video games to them so that's how that's how that worked out so uh the second expansion module is a is actually a driving controller which was a actually a steering wheel and it had a gas pedal but the, the gas pedal would work more of an on and off button it really wasn't uh to like accelerate or anything like that it's just uh just there for show um, but there was some racing games on this that you would actually use the steering wheel for. So did the gas pedal come out of that? No, yeah. it's just it's just in there where so you can just press just... it to turn it on and off. <laughs> press with your hand. Yeah. To start. You imagine Probably if we drove start, that way stop now. the game, pause the game. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, and you had to do it with your hand because there's no way you can steer it with your foot up there on that. So <laughs> uh, that would be awkward very awkward so and there was the third expansion module uh, so the third one actually converted ColecoVision into the Atom computer uh, like I said earlier uh, Coleco wanted to get into the, the home computer game they wanted to come up with their own computer all this kind of stuff so when they came up with ColecoVision they said well Let's have this module that you can plug into it and make a full computer out of it. Um, so they call the, the computer was called the Atom Computer. Uh, it came complete with a keyboard, uh, digital data pack cassette driver. Um, if you remember back in the day, you had cassette tapes that would have information you put on there and it would load up stuff on the computer um, before floppy disks. Um, it had 64 kilobytes of RAM, and it came with a printer. So it made it, made it pretty much into a home computer. Um, and I'll reach, we'll get more into the home computer thing here in a minute. Uh, so a couple of other accessories that were that came with it. You had a roller controller. Uh, this was like a trackball uh, controller that um, came with the game Slither, which was also a uh, an arcade game that got that got made into the video game. Um, it also had a joystick mode switch, which allowed the roller controller to be used with all the games instead of just that one. So uh, there was also the super uh, super action controller set. This was actually was available in nineteen in September of nineteen eighty three. Um, it had a set of two handheld joystick controllers that came packaged with a uh, super action baseball. Uh, each controller had a ball tip joystick. Uh, it had four fingered uh, trigger action buttons. And then it had a 12 button numeric keypad on top as well. Um, and a speed roller. Uh, so other games designed to be used with these were super action football, Rocky super action boxing, and then a, a conversion of the arcade game of Frontline. Uh, 
And I, I have no idea what front. I never played Frontline, so I don't know what kind of game that was. So, I mean, that's more of like a handheld thing with a joystick on top, and you got the buttons with the, with the fingers I, and the keypad. I'm still trying to figure out the keypads. Because even yeah, on the original, I mean, just the ColecoVision, the, you know, here, this is, well, this has got the Atari attachment to it, but, I mean, look at the, yeah. the keypad yeah, even the, here with the deals. I mean, what, what, you, why do you need a keypad? That gave I, I you multiple <laughs> buttons. I, I don't know. I never played ColecoVision, so I don't know yeah, why I never there, were, play this one, but. there were numeric keypads. I mean, it looks like a telephone keypad is what it looks like. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's got it's 12, 12 buttons. You got one through nine and zero. You got the uh, pound R sign and, pound. and the, yeah, the star sign and the pound sign on it. Pound button. So I, I don't know. It had I don't know if it had to do with it had to do with something with the games in there somewhere. So maybe, maybe we'll like look at, one we'll of look, them. We'll look through the games what, here in a minute and see if we can figure out if, yeah. what it would work with. So uh all right, so there was also an expansion pack that was never released. Um, it was the Super Game Module. Um, it was scheduled to be released in August of 1983, uh, but was canceled and replaced by the Atom Computer expansion. Um, the Super Game Module added a tape drive, uh, which had more storage capacity and more RAM than the, than the basic cartridges of the day. The, the Atom expansion ended up fulfilling the specifications and more uh, that was promised with the super game module. So everything they had for this planned actually all came with the Atom part of it, the module. So they really didn't need it after they came up with the Atom. So, uh, so by the beginning of 1984, sales dramatically decreased. And in January of 1985, uh, Coleco discontinued the Atom. Um, and we kind of know, we kind of think, you know, we talked about the, uh, the rise of Nintendo and the fall of Atari and some of these other games, these console games, um, due to the, the video game crash, you know. Yeah. Um, well, actually, ColecoVision kind of survived through that. And the fall of ColecoVision was because the Atom expansion pack that made it into a home computer, that part was just horrible. So there was so many things wrong. People had to send it back. There was, I read where people had to send them back five, six, seven, eight times to even get one that would work correctly. Um, they had so many issues with that Atom expansion pack uh, that it just it just became a, a bad taste in, in consumer electronic consumer uh, mouths, you know. Um, so. Uh, the the uh, they discontinued the atom in January 1985, uh, which I said had many many issues. It was it ended up being like the worst computer ever produced. Uh, so Coleco ended up losing millions of dollars on the atom, and it gave like I said it gave Coleco a bad rap as well. So and, and it was and they never recovered from that. Uh, by mid 1985, Coleco withdrew from the video game market. And the ColecoVision was officially discontinued by October of 1985. Um, they had a few other decisions that they did uh, between 84, 85, right in that time. Uh, they, they purchased a couple other um, companies. 
Uh, one was the Cell Chow and Ryder um, company. They actually were the manufacturer of Scrabble, Parcheesi, and Trivial, Trivial Pursuit. Well, those games ended up uh, ended up slowing down in sales. They had a lot of unsold games, a lot of inventory that wasn't sold. Um, that uh, the Cabbage Patch doll um, time was was about up at that time too. Things were slowing down on that. They weren't making money on that. And then the all the all the, the millions of dollars they lost on uh, the Atom expansion pack to the ColecoVision all felt, you know, spelled disaster for them. So uh, along, like I said, along with the, those other decisions, the disaster of the Atom, um, they, Coleco ended up filing for bankruptcy in 1988. So that was, that's, that's the, the story and history of the ColecoVision. It was, it was great. Um, not like I said, I never played it because we had always had Atari. Um, but from everywhere I've seen, everybody that I've talked to that has played it said it was great. Um, just uh, Coleco themselves had some made some bad decisions, and those bad decisions, um, just kind of snowballed and caused them, um, to, to lose their lose money. Like I said, they were they were on the verge of that in the seventies until they got into the into the the video game and industry, and then they kind of picked back up, and then it fell back down. So it wasn't sustainable enough for them. So kind of they kind of probably by then I probably wish they would have stuck to the leather, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, the fact that they worked with Atari and Nintendo just to even get something going. I mean, I don't feel like that, that would happen these days. No. Not at all. No, I don't, like, I don't I don't think so. No. Yeah. Like Yeah, I, I can't imagine anything like that happening. And so for them to like be able to say, "Hey, we want to do this and and make these electronics." And the reason they probably stuck around as long as they did is cuz they had the Atari setup that worked, you know. Um, the Atom computer thing probably was a good idea, just was not done well. No, Plus, at that wasn't. time, like everybody had this vision of computers, they took up whole rooms and houses and everything. Right. And so, you know, it's not like it is now where we've got more power just on our cell phones than anything, you know. And so, yeah. like, I it probably helped a lot with uh trying to get things going for c computers, but you know just wasn't done the way that it should have been done. So more power to you, Coleco, for, for doing that. But not, you know, not yeah. succeeding. Did yeah. um, the uh, a couple of problems with the Atom part of that. Um, so I'm reading over some notes here on the computer. Uh, the Atom generates a surge of electromagnetic energy on startup, which can erase the contents of any removable media left in or near the drive so they, they had problem with that uh, let's see some of the Coleco manuals instructed the user to put the tape in the drive before turning the computer on a sticker on later atoms warned users not to turn the power uh, with the tapes in the drive so that was that's what was deleting their information on their on their tapes because it was because it 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 erased it um, <laughs> Something with the printer, the printer's power supply failed, or printer 
was missing. Uh, they had issues with that. Uh, they had a word processor uh, mode that uh, that they could not get back into the typewriter mode without the system being rebooted. Um, and the Atoms digital pack drives, which were faster and higher capacity and of higher capacity than the audio cassette drives used for competing computers were less reliable and still not as fast as floppy disk drive. Uh, wow. Yeah, so they had they had some issues. That was just a couple of issues on here, but there was a lot, a lot of other issues that the, the computer just didn't work. And like I said, there was several... I mean, they would people would have to send it back several times to even get one that worked correctly. So that's a that's a lot of money lost. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So, and that doesn't help help to sustain that that company, and and that's why they filed for bankruptcy. And that deal they had with Nintendo probably didn't help much for them, um, as far as as far as that, because I mean they're just basically shelling out millions of dollars to Nintendo yeah. for Donkey Kong, you yeah. know, which. Is probably not bad. It's probably it's probably not the reason they went bankrupt. But I mean, still having to well, pay I mean, out the it, millions of dollars there, it doesn't help. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it and the the deal with uh, the Donkey Kong thing, like I said, they produce. They were the the sole producer of Donkey Kong in North America, and but like like Atari and stuff, they could actually that was for the video games, the consoles. Now some of the others could actually make the uh, the correct version of Donkey Kong for the arcade and didn't have any issues. But if you were getting one for a different arcade or a different console, home console, the quality wasn't, wasn't as good days. as wasn't as good as the ColecoVisions. But those companies also had the rights to make the the proper Donkey Kong for, like I said, the uh, for other things too. So. Um, yeah, it's still it wasn't it was a good deal, but it wasn't the best deal that they made. Yeah. yeah. All right, John, do you have a list of the games? I believe you have a list of the games. We do. So yeah, we look through just look over some of these games. I, I mean, obviously right. we have Donkey Kong. Yeah, we have Donkey Kong uh, in 1982, uh, standard in the box title, included with console. Uh, then you got Carnival. Okay. Uh, can, can you share it on the screen so we can see it? Well, yeah, I have the you, list, but you, I don't really have. Well, let's, let's just show a list up there. We could me and Andrew know yeah, what we'll you're talking about. <laughs> um, I also I also have a list of the of just a, a few of the games that had use for the keypad, and so okay. as we talk okay. about it, I'll bring those up as if, okay. if those come up. We'll see okay. here. Bum, bum, bum. Here we go. We got a list coming up. We and if you're listening to the podcast, we're obviously going to go through these. Yeah. So, well, not all of them. There's like what, 125 of them or something like that. Well, there's 129 yeah. for the U.S. market. Uh, down here, then there's uh, one limited release. Then you got the non-U.S. and then the telegram telegrams. Uh, but we'll go down this one for the yeah, most we'll part. We'll go through just. See if we can hit some of the big ones that may look familiar. Right. So Any Carnival, kind of... a fixed shooter developer. Uh, of course, it was released by Sega also in Sega Arcades in yeah. 1980. Um, then you got Cosmic Avengers. 
So it's a horizontal yeah. scrolling. What was that? Holy... A scroller, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Donkey Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong. Which everybody knows Donkey oh, Kong yeah. now. Ladybug. Yeah. Uh, is a maze chase video game. Uh, Mousetrap okay. is the maze game also. Oh, Mousetrap. <laughs> wait, Mousetrap is on my list. Yes, Mousetrap is on my list. That it is actually used the number pad. Okay. Does it say how? No, just it just says it. that it used it. So um, it says games that included an overlay and used the keypad for varying degrees. So okay. varying things that it could have been. Uh, this one, uh, Smurf Rescue in Gargamel's Castle. So Interesting. Of course, is also a Sega. No, it's an Atari. Sorry, my bad. Um, Turbo, which is a racing game. So you probably would have the wheel on that one. Uh, yep. Venture, which is an action game. So, uh, here you Zaxxon? can say this one. Zion. I don't think the X has become. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> together, Zion. Yeah. So it's another shooter game. Uh, Artillery Duel is a strategy game, military strategy. Uh, BC's Quest for Tires. Uh, <laughs> close game. Yeah. Buck uh, Rogers so panel of Zoom. Team Raider. Yeah, Buck Rider, Rogers. Sorry, I skipped. Planet of Planet, Zoom. Yeah. Planet of Zoom. Uh, then this campaign '84. I'm guessing that was a mix of them. So somewhat. Probably. Yeah. Centipede. Centipede. Uh, we all know Centipede. Chuck Norris Super Kicks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a kung fu game there, yeah. Yes. Uh, decathlon. So there sports. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Defender is another shooting or side-scrolling yeah. shooter game. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. So we've okay. kind of gotten to 83 already. It shows you, yep. Uh, yeah. Face Maker, which is educational. Phantom. Uh, wait, wait. Facemaker, Facemaker has keypad. Facemaker did. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fathom. Fathom. That was Fathom. 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 Uh, another action. Flipper yeah. Slipper. Uh, it's a <laughs> pinball game. Uh-huh. Uh, Fraction fe Fever is educational. Interesting. I bet you that one uses the keypad. <laughs> um, I don't see it on the list. Yeah, but yeah. it's. I don't know. Uh, Frantic Freddy is a shooter game. Nothing on that one. Frenzy. Uh, Multi-directional shooter arcade video game published by Stern Electronics. Yeah. Okay. So another shooter game. Frogger. Frogger. That was, uh, yeah, that's the arcade game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot Frogger. of these are, are arcade games that were that were uh, ported that were made into home home cons console games. So yeah, Michael, you uh, were... Frontline is one. Here's Frontline. Uh, what is it's a run? Yeah, Frontline's a uh, military themed run and gun video game. Ah, so okay. you know, it's a keypad. Yeah. Uh, Gla Galaxian. 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 Uh, another shooter game, fixed shooter game, then Gorf. It's a big shooter game. Uh, Gust Buster. 
Uh, the Heist is a scrolling game platform, so I'm guessing it scrolls across as you're running. Yeah. Um, of course, there's Black a gambling Jack. one. Yeah, the gambling one. That one, one uses one. the keypad. Yeah. Uh, looping. Uh, side-scrolling shooter. Okay. Uh, minor I, 2049er. <laughs> what were you saying, Michael? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Moon Sweeper, Mr. Do. Uh, okay. It's a maze game. Nova Blast, Omega Racer, which is another Pepper, big shooter. Pepper 2? Pepper 2. Is that Pepper 1? I didn't see a Pepper 1. So it might be an earlier console or something. Uh, Pitfall. Yeah. And there's there's a uh, pit stop. I'm sure that one had the uh, the steering. Yeah, it says, it says, yeah, it yeah. says expansion over. module number two steering wheel. Yeah, so you use steering wheel for the pit stop racer game. Popeye. Popeye. It's a platform game. That's nice. Then you got Hubert. Hubert. Quest I was looking at the public publisher on some of these, is and I'm seeing some that were from Parker Brothers too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which Hubert's one of those. Uh, Quest for Quintana Rue. Quintana Rue. Yeah. It's an action game. Rocky Super Action Boxing. Rocky uh, Super Action Boxing used the uh, keypad. I don't know why. Yeah. Huh. It seems <laughs> like know. we just want to punch, punch, punch. Uh, you got Rocky and Mr. T on the front of the deal. So. A pool of pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Roll Overture. Sammy Lightfoot. Uh, it's a platform game, so you're moving around. Spectre Alpha, Sir Lancelot, Slither, Space Fury. Uh, it's a shooter, shooter game. Spectron, Fix Shooter, Squishum featuring Sam, climbing platform. Okay. Mm. Sub Rock, uh, first person arcade shooter game. All right. Huh. Super Action Baseball Sports, of course. Super Cobra. Super Action Baseball uses the keypad. Also, Super Action Football uses the keypad also, but I don't see it on your list. Maybe it's uh, later down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because this, this the list John has is in, in uh, year yeah. order. So Yeah, I put it in year order. So. Yeah. Uh, Super Crossfire, Threshold. Uh, Super Cross um, Force. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Time pilot, pilot. Multi-directional shooter. That has to do anything to do with the uh with what we talked about last week? With the time, time shift to, to <laughs> the uh ring raiders going back in time or going right. in forward in time. Maybe it did. <laughs> Maybe so. I mean it was put out in eighty three and the time slots they have go up to two thousand and one on the cartridge. <laughs> Two Tankum, Major. Yeah. Yeah. Victory War Room is a Vic shooter strategy game. Wing War, side scrolling shooter. Uh, then you got another a graphic game, Puzzles. So Alphabet yeah, Zoo, that's... Educational, Antarctica, and Adventure. It's a racing. So... Racing game, yeah. Aquatac, 
side scrolling shooter. Uh, BC BC two, Gorg's Revenge. Grog's. I didn't see a Grog's Revenge. Okay, sorry. Interesting. Uh, I didn't see a BC one. Well, uh, if you look at that's the comic strip BC. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it, reading that in Sunday Sunday comics. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Blockade Runner, Brain Strains. So that's an educational music one. Uh, <laughs> Bump and Jump is racing. That was Red vehicle. That looks interesting. Tell. Burger Time. I mean, Burger Time. Burger Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, Cabbage Patch Kids, Adventures in the Park, and then Cabbage Patch Kids Picture Show. Of course, they got okay, cabbage, cabbage patch. Oh yeah, cabbage uh, cabbage patch kids picture show uses the keypad also. Yeah. Okay, uh, choplifter. I just wish I could tell how they use the keypad. That's the question. Oh yeah, how do you integrate yeah. the t- keypad when you're doing this? But I was also watching something on how the controller works, and you'll be sitting here doing this, and then you've got these two fingers you're using for the buttons, you know, and you're like, but you also got the keypad down. <laughs> It's no uh, different than than like the Xbox controller where you have all these different buttons all over the controller. Yeah, it's but just it's how you hold it's just it. just shape different. Right. It yeah. was how you held this one to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe we should do it, the evolution of joysticks throughout right. time. Uh, <laughs> Bongo Bongo. Interesting one. The Dam Busters. Dam Busters uh, uses the keypad. Yep. Dance Fantasy, Destructor, that uses the steering wheel. Dr. Seuss's Fix Up the Mix-Up Puzzler. So it's a puzzle game. Nice. Uh, That one has the keypad too, Andrew. Okay. Dragonfire. That's on my list. Yeah. Now these, uh, real quick, these, when we're looking at this list, off to the right-hand side, it says includes overlays for hand controllers. So I bet there's something you slip on top of that keypad that has different uh, either letters Buttons. or pictures that you actually you use, certain, and they yeah. do different. They do different things for the game. Yeah, it depends on what. Yeah, game I think that's have. what it is. Is it's got each button is different. So not not only do you have a numeric keypad, is there's another thing overlay that you put over it to to for different instructions on how to use it for that game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Michael, here's your Dukes of Hazards. Woohoo! Yeehaw! Uh, front tail barrel Frogger <laughs> Two. They got the steering wheel for that one. Yep, Frogger Two. Do you need uh, the steering wheel? You just need to hit the hit the gas and go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Getaway by Aspie. Can... Gateway to Aspie. Yeah, Aspie. Ab- there we go. Apshai. Apshai. Yep. Action adventure. Guy Russ. Uh, it's a shooter, big shooter. Hero is an action one. Illusions, it's only rock and roll business simulator. Okay. I, okay. I like the next one. James, James Bond. Bond. James Bond 007. But this one says it's, like it's a Goldeneye. platform. It's not a shooter. It didn't say it's a shooter game. It's a well, scrolling it's, shooter it, game. Okay. Horizontal scrolling yeah. shooter. So, yeah, so here we go with that. All the way back to 84 for James Bond, 007. Jukebox, 
Jumper Jr., Jungle Heart, Keystone Ke Capers. Keystone Capers, yep. Yep, they're getting out of jail or something, running. Uh, learning, learning with Leaper. <laughs> That's an interesting. Uh, that's it the like, uh, uh, <laughs> the cover for the uh, the cartridge is yeah. It, it looks like Mikey from uh, Monsters Inc. <laughs> it's the it's the original uh, Mike Wazowski. Yeah. yeah, that's what it looks like, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, linking logic, logic levels, memory manner, Monkey Arc Academy, uh, the Montezuma's Revenge. So of course you're in probably in. You know, Egypt, motocross racer, mountain king, Mr. Do's castle. So we got Mr. Do's coming in with a couple of them now. Uh, oil, oils, well, that's kind of hard to say. Oils, well, mm -hmm. not oil, well, one or one on one basketball. There's the basketball sports game, pitfall two, Cubert's cubes. River Raid, there's a Robin Hood one, Rock and Rope. Uh, okay, that one kind of looks like a playoff of uh, Donkey Kong by the little pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Sewer Sam Slurp, Slurpy Smurfs Paint and Play Workshop. That uh, one's a, that one uses the keypad. Yeah. Space Panic. Overlay for hand controllers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter. Hunter. Yep. That is, that's got to be my favorite arcade game right there. <laughs> that's, I love that arcade game. Here we go. We got Star Trek Star coming Trek. in. Star Wars. The arcade super game. Action. Yeah, there's your super action. Super action. There's your yeah. super action football. Super sketch. Super sketch doodling. Tapper. Oh, it's Tapper, Tapper from yeah, uh, Tapper. Remember him when? Uh, they, um, but it's Mario out of beer. beer. Yeah, it's, it's root, root beer. beer. Um, yeah. But it's Mario, and it's in uh, what's the freaking name of the movie? It Felix. Wreck It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, Wreck It Ralph is the movie. It's Felix that oh, goes yeah. in there and has a beer, has a root beer. So uh, I guess they both did. So yeah, but they go to Tapper's root beer bar. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tarzan. Wait, uh, what? That's a, that's the Disney movie. Yeah, I'm picture. sure some of these pictures are. Yeah, upgraded, yeah. This but... links back to the '99 movie. That's funny. That are the '99. Yeah. <laughs> Telly, turtle. Yeah. Telly turtle. Telly turtle. Telly turtle. I guess it's better than Telly Tubbies, huh? All right. So, uh, traumatic. Toe mark, the mark. barbarian. Tournament tennis, up and down, wall war games, the Wizard of Odd, Ides, Wiz Math. Wizard the of word. Ids, Wiz. Yeah. Wizard, Wizard of, of Ids, Ids Wiz, Wiz Math. math. Word that's, feud. That's funny to say. Really. Uh, and then Zing, then G. Zingy. So lots of, I, I'm seeing lots of good games. Most of them arcade games, obviously, which they were yeah. just ports. You yeah. just take an arcade game that people love and then they can play it at home. Um, Spy Hunter. I'm with you, Michael, and that's probably my favorite arcade game. 
mm-hmm. um, with the exception of the Turtles arcade game. Um, but yeah, Spy Hunter is always fun to play. Um, this seemed like a really cool system. Mm-hmm. Just maybe, like we said, a little before their time as far as trying to do the computer thing, which kind of killed them there. Yeah. But past that, I, I like, like, this is a, a cool system. There were seven games that weren't that weren't released in the U.S., and one of them is Super Action Football, but it's completely different than the uh, than the Super Action Football that was released. The American, yeah, because it's American Football, and the one that was released in uh, by CBS Electronics over in Europe is the soccer. It's a soccer version. So, <laughs> so okay, um, yeah. So there's lots of. Uh, Lots of stuff there. We lost John for a moment. He should be back in just a minute. Um, I, but I, I think this system kind of matches up with the Atari system to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of the same. Maybe this one had some more features in it that Atari didn't have. Um, and then they just try to go a little too far with their uh, computer stuff there, which cost them. They wanted it to be more than what it really wasn't, I think. I think they just wanted... Like I said, they originally wanted to be a, they wanted their own computer system uh, that played video games. Yeah. And it, it just, the, the computer, the video game part worked, but the computer system part didn't. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that was their biggest downfall. So, that was the biggest problem. So, well, let's look at this real quick. We need to rank this on our, on our list. We are in a round five. This, this is the second thing. Um, I don't know where to put it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, this is I. I really like this one. This is going to be number one for me. I'm going to go John, with number one. You, you're going to go with yeah. number one, Michael. Yeah, I think I'll have it number one because it, it's it's so similar. It has some games uh, similar. And it ties in with Atari. You know, Atari was was top of my list from last round. Uh, one of the top ones in my list. So this is uh, so this is number one for me as well. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I figured it was going to be number one for all of us. But there was a chance it was going to be number two. I, you know, hey, Ring Raiders. Ring Raiders were decent. They were kind of cool. They were not there. But did they trump yeah. video games? I mean, we yeah, were at was, the time video games question. really started, and we were getting into them. We were, you know, they had the arcade games. But we kind of really got the video games going. So yeah, yeah. If this was, um, yeah, if they wouldn't have done the computer thing and they kind of kept going, and maybe they started making more games that were specifically for that and not, you know, trying to pull off Nintendo and Atari stuff, they might have gone a little bit different direction than right. killing themselves with the computer system. So yeah. you know, yeah. it is what it is. We have awesome games now, so you know, should be good. Anything else you guys want to add about the ColecoVision system? No, no. And it, you know, looking at the system itself, it's a pretty clean little system. Uh, the way it's set up, uh, it just, like I said, the the, the atom part just really messed up. Timed it, yeah. Uh, but but the, as but looking at the system itself, the console, uh, kind of what I'm talking about, the console. Uh, the super action controller is is a little little crazy, uh, wonky looking if you look at it. But other than that, uh, are we gonna see 
a retro ColecoVision system like we do now with like PlayStations. They're, and they're Nintendo's out there now. They're they are out there. They uh, are some out there. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, this uh, Famicom people. They you know they made they've got the uh, or is that what I'm looking at? Um, I don't know. The, the the people who make uh, the the Atari system and the Nintendo system retro system um, that have all the built-in games. There is one. They yeah, have there those. You go. Okay, Pickle so there's Vision a Clicko flashback. Flashback. Yeah. So that's that's what it is. It's just all the games are built in. All you do is plug it into your computer. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So I I can appreciate something like that. So the only problem I have with the I have an Atari, and I. Yeah, I've got the Atari version one, and the uh, the controller is not the 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 controller wire is not long enough from to get away close far enough from my TV. But I did get a uh, I do have a wireless version of that too. So um, well, but that's okay because the original one you're not supposed to be that close. John, you're muted. Um, the original yeah, one you're not supposed to be that close. <laughs> so or you're supposed to be close to it. So. Well, not not to a 65-inch TV right there in front right, of Right, but it. the ColecoVision controller, I mean, the cable was only that long. So you yeah, couldn't get that far it, from it to begin with. But TVs weren't that well, big back in the day, back then. No. Yeah, you're playing this on a 13-inch? <laughs> 13 or up, up to maybe maybe like a 30-inch TV if that big. Well, I'm, so, I'm thinking I mean, you think about it, the biggest. Nintendo and stuff, they weren't really <laughs> that long either. No, with the NES weren't. and stuff. No, no. Yeah. Thank goodness we have wireless technology nowadays. Right. We can That's sit right. across That's the room right. and, and play play Atari on our sixty five inch TVs, seventy seventy inch TVs. You got speaking speaking of that. Um, as we wrap this up, I'm gonna go upstairs and play Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and get the one thousand <laughs> Korok and wrap up the Koroks for this game. All right, you do that. Finally, finally, then I can actually go in and play some other parts of it, the fun parts, instead of running around looking for these Koroks for. So, yeah. so let us know what you get when you do. They have they, do they give you the same thing? The little golden doopy? yeah. Supposedly it's just a gold piece of poo. <laughs> golden seed. <laughs> Double seed golden piece of poo. poo. Yeah. So, all right. With that, uh, this is episode one. No, wait, I need to do the whole. Yeah. Um, remember to go check out our website, toryypodcast.com, and our partners over at crossstreamsmedia.com. They've got a whole list of uh, podcasts that you can go check out there, um, including like STS guys, uh, Three Beers and a Mic, and so many more, all kinds of stuff that you can uh, basically enjoy pretty much anything. Uh, so be sure to check those out. Also, there is, I don't know if we, we kind of talked about it in here. We were trying to help out do. Um, there's another podcast. They're doing a hundred or the top 100 toys. Um, and we did our rankings and that should be coming out soon. We'll have more information about it, but um, probably in the next episode, um, was like three months, just ago, to come four in. months ago, which is that. Yeah. It's taken them a while. So <laughs> now um, we helped out with that. We're starting to get more information about it. So uh, happy and to it, share that out when it gets it, there. So it did take us six weeks to give them the, our answers, but <laughs> true, right. true, very true. So, um, and we did tell them they were missing a few things. So, you know, we'll see what they, they say about that. They didn't have Mangalore on the list. They didn't have Mangalore on the list. It would have been number <laughs> one for everybody. Um, the number one sucky toy of the world. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Uh, more information about that as it comes out. And then, um, then we have, what else? I'm missing something. Oh, be sure to check out our social medias as we start to share that stuff and, and everything. So thank you for listening to episode 134 of the Toy Rewind podcast, where we talked about ColecoVision, um, which is kind of cool, like more entertainment systems that we've talked about. So lots of good stuff. Also, happy Black Friday. Hopefully you saved all the monies that you needed um, <laughs> to get the deals since, you know, I saved my money. I didn't go nowhere. <laughs> I got one thing, and that was a new Keurig. I needed a new Keurig. Ours is starting to die. So yeah. anything else you guys want to add? No. All right. With that, <laughs> thank you. And uh, on behalf of the Brothers Newland at the Toy Rewind podcast, play on. You've been listening to the Toy Rewind Podcast. Follow and join in the conversations at ToyRewindPodcast.com. has been a Cross the Streams media podcast.